Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into Commanding the Huddle. My name is Ryan Fowler. Uh, guys, this podcast is coming to you just a, literally a few seconds after uh, Washington's loss tonight. Um, I want to give you my immediate reaction. I don't want to wait until Friday morning. Usually when I told you guys from last podcast, what's when to come, it was going to come out. Um, but I want you guys to get my raw emotions uh, and, and thoughts on this game. Uh, 40 to 20 loss uh, for the Commanders home in prime time at FedEx Field to move now to two and three, losers of three straight, and a team once again to score 35-plus on this commander's defense. It is a wave of emotions. I'm trying to stay. uh, Usually the 24-hour rule is a good thing to give yourself, guys. It is a rule where you just wait 24 hours. You don't overreact, knee-jerk reactions, don't want to raise the pitchforks. But as I watched this football team tonight, specifically in the first half to where it was 27 to 3 at one point in this football game, flat out embarrassing. I've tried to keep this podcast as PG as possible from a language perspective for multiple reasons for my specific audience. But if you don't want to hear not safe for work language, and I advise you, get the hell out now. Because... This is absolutely ridiculous Um, from what we saw tonight from the Burgundy and Gold. The effort or lack there of anything, especially in the first half again from this football team, is absolutely disgusting tonight. I liked what I saw from number 99 on the edge. Chase Young looking inspired, who's playing inspired football. But the bottom line, folks, is that this Chicago Bears sorry-ass football team just came into your barn at 0-4 and took you behind the barn and whooped your ass. This is a team that lost their starting tackle, starting guards, their starting nickel corner and Greg Stroman that had a pick in the first half, a starting outside corner and Terrell Smith in the second half. They had a guard move to center. And they lined up against Deron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young, and the rotation of defenders for Washington, and flat out kicked their ass within the trenches for a full 60 minutes. Washington did not deserve to, at any remote part of this football game, to win this game. Did they deserve it? Does Chicago give them chances to because they're a shit football team? Absolutely. Early in that second half. Washington had opportunities. Logan Thomas, appreciate you showing up over the middle of the field, but you're 6'8", and you just got bitched by a corner by getting the ball stripped from you in the middle of the field standing straight up. As a 6'8", 250-pound tight end, you got the ball stripped away from you in the open field in a crucial drive for your football team. As a veteran in this league, you flat out got bitched. That's exactly what happened for number 82 over the middle of the field. There's nothing else to say about it. There were so many moments in this football game where you just threw your hands up 
and say, where do we go next? Because at the end of the day, folks, as much of a loss as it was against the Eagles in overtime, coming in with positive emotions to where we've seen progress from this team, despite giving up over 100 points the last three weeks, they allowed Justin Fields to come in and look like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice tonight. Justin Fields, 282 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. A 125.3 quarterback rating. DJ Moore, a historic game on the perimeter. Eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns. Disgusting effort, specifically from Washington's defense. The entire defense, and more so what I look to I get Jack Del Rio is not on the football field. He does not have a helmet on. But schematically, they are a mess. Washington's first two picks in the 2023 NFL Draft, ladies and gentlemen, were Emmanuel Forbes, a corner, and Quan Martin, a corner slash safety slash DB. And at this point, a roster hold a roster holder because he just wants to wear a jersey and show up on special teams. First two picks this year have not done anything. Emmanuel Forbes, again, is getting bumped off the ball, the top of routes, getting burned on the perimeter, cannot tackle. His effort in that first quarter on the Khalil Herbert run up the middle was disgusting. Going to use that word a lot tonight. Flat out disgusting. Number 13 got benched in that second half for Danny Johnson, who came in and at least tried. Kendall Fuller taking a chance late in that football game. I I respect it. Not going to flat Kendall Fuller for that. Hell of a play by DJ Moore. Perfect pass by Justin Fields. You tip your cap. That ball's any lower, maybe three or four inches lower. That's a pick six for Kendall Fuller, and it's a whole different ball game at that time. But again, the commanders did not deserve to win this football game. Logan Thomas, the leading receiver for Washington, nine catches on 11 targets for 77 yards. Terry McLaurin missed time in that second half. Byron Pringle came in. Sam Howell missed Deami Brown on a wide open shot over the middle of the field. Has to hit it. Overall, I was pleased with number 14 tonight because the offensive line made this Chicago Bears defensive line look like the monsters of the midway or the purple people eaters for you guys that are, are familiar with your football history, the old Minnesota Vikings uh, defensive front from years and years and years ago. I, I don't know what to do because at the end of the day, this is a Ron Rivera-led football team that is a 500 or below 500 football team, and that's what it's been since he's arrived. That's what they've been. And right now at two and three, they're sub 500 football through five weeks. And now for me personally, what are my expectations for this roster heading in to next week against the Atlanta Falcons to where they may score damn near 50 points? I don't care who the hell's at quarterback. And if Desmond Ritter ain't it and Taylor Heineke's under center, they may score damn near 50 points with Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Jonu Smith and the, uh, the weapons that they have on offense, and an offensive line, by the way, that will at least block. They're not complete turnstiles. Charles Leno to Andrew Wiley tonight. Terrible. 
Certain moments when in that early second half when Washington got the ball moving a little bit because they're running prevent and soft dash on the outside, that's why Washington moved the ball. But in that first half when they're playing press a little bit, sending pressure, imagine that! Sending pressure will knock quarterbacks off of their rhythm and get young quarterbacks happy feet in the pocket and they force into bad decisions. Imagine that! Not just trying to rush four, again, that we talked about. Trying to get home with your four and dropping seven and still allowing chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. It is embarrassing for the commanders when you know that the ball is going to DJ Moore. Number two, DJ Moore. The ball is going to him and you still can't stop it. That's embarrassing. Backups all over the offensive front. You can't get after the quarterback. I don't want to hear any more of the John Allen pregame speeches. That obviously hasn't done jack for this football team. Nobody gives a shit. Ron Rivera, not getting the team ready to play specifically in the first half. They're not even competing, ladies and gentlemen. Not even competing. It's embarrassing. 35-33 win over the Broncos in week two. Massive 20-point comeback in that ball game. You come back in week three, home, against the Buffalo Bills, and you allow 37, and you lose by 34. Last week, you lose in overtime to the Philadelphia Eagles. You allow 34, and then you allow Justin Fields with backups, haven't won a game in almost 365 damn days to come into your stadium, your gym, and run you out and score 40 on your head. 40 damn points by the Bears tonight. Three touchdowns from DJ Moore. An offense that lost Roshan Johnson early in this game to a concussion. An offense that lost Khalil Herbert, their top two backs, in this football game. What'd they do? They just ran it with Kari Blassingame, a fat-ass fullback to just get six, seven yards here and there because he can just run over people. Because the Burgundy Gold don't want to tackle anybody. They're soft as pudding. That's it. It's embarrassing football. Why strap up if you're going to be soft? I don't care how many first-rounders you have. It does not matter. Football has to be played. That's why they played. And if everyone in the NFL for a reason. But different teams are different teams, right? Teams are better. Teams are worse. Teams are neutral. But the effort, if you want to call it that, tonight that I saw from this commander's football team moving into week six where you have the Falcons, Giants, and the Eagles coming up, my expectations are null. And it's unfortunate because I feel like this way after every single time we see this team in primetime. And oh, by the way, the next time Washington is on primetime is on Thanksgiving against the Dallas Cowboys. And I will not sit here and praise the team in Dallas. I will absolutely not do that. Because this is, in fact, a commander's podcast at the end of the day. But 
If you could sit here right now and say you expect Washington to travel to Dallas and be competitive in that football game after what you've seen the last month of the year, you're completely delusional. You need to evaluate your thought process when it comes to the game of football. There are so many things wrong with this football team that have not been addressed. They, off season, we talked about the offensive line and the defensive secondary. Through five weeks, they've allowed over 140 points. Emmanuel Forbes is completely invisible. He's getting beat by anybody that they put on the outside. He's a turnstile in coverage. Quan Martin hasn't had a single defensive snap in five games as a top 50 pick. Your second round pick from last year in Phil Mathis hasn't done anything as well. And your first round pick from last year in Jahan Dotson had three catches tonight for 30 yards and remains uninvolved through five weeks. Sam Howell again battled his tail off and I tip my captain because he made some nice throws this evening. In the second half, when the game became a little tighter and the Bears began to run some more man on the outside, and again, they played with those two high safety because they respect the speed of Washington, but he made some nice throws. He layered some throws at some different depths, which was nice to see. But overall, it was a terrible effort, and I'm not going to sit here and try to focus on positives when you get doubled up at home in primetime against a winless football team that if they lost this game their focus was looking at is Justin Fields the guy are we gonna fire our head coach midseason and should we should we etch in Caleb Williams's name or Drake May in right now as the top overall pick come next April that's what have happened if the Bears go to 0 and 5 and by the way folks now that they're 1 and 4 and the, and the Commanders are 2-3, and three, they are only separated by one game. Think about that, too. Think about that. One game they are separated by. Now, in the standings. Bears' first half possessions. First possession, 6 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 11 plays, 70 yards, field goal. 6 plays, 69 yards, touchdown. 13 plays, 57 yards, a field goal. And 6 plays, 36 yards, touchdown. Those are the Bears' first half possessions. Questions have to be raised towards what this defense is doing every single week. Who are they preparing for? Because it looks like right now that everyone's just showing up to work just to punch the time clock and get the hell out of Commander's Park, whatever you want to call it. Redskins Park, Commander's Park, whatever the hell it's called out there nowadays. Whatever it's called. Because the effort of actually preparing for every single football team in in the NFL doesn't look like it from a defensive perspective in Jack Del Rio. A defense last year that was top five in a lot of categories. And right now they look like a bottom two or three unit in football. They cannot stop a nosebleed. They They can't stop anything. Line them up against your high school team. I would like to see them against uh, like a modern day or St. John Bosco out there in California. Some of these teams have got five stars running around. I, guys, I don't know. Who could they could stop right now? Bottom line, they're allowing nearly 40 points a game this last month of the season. This cannot happen. Now, on the bright side, it's early. Still early. Two and three is not the end of the world. 
And you'd hope that heading into work tomorrow for Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew and Jack Del Rio and Eric Bianami as they trudge into work and everybody gets their game checks that they're trying to improve. But how many weeks consecutively, especially in the first half, has this team come out slow? And it's not just in 2023. It's since Ron Rivera's been in town. I understand he is an old school type of head coach that wants people to be grown men and take it upon themselves to really get going. He's not a hoorah type of guy. Well, then get somebody in the building that could be that. If Eric Bieniemy needs to become the acting head coach for this football team, because I know he's a fiery guy, then let him do that. But at some point, people need a foot in their ass to get going a little bit. And how many times are we just going to look to the sideline, whether we're up by 20 or down by 50, and we're just going to see him standing on the sideline with his hands, his arms crossed? Every single clip we see of him on the sideline is with his arms crossed, with zero emotion. I am so sick and tired of talking about the same things year after year after year and the improvements that they're supposed to make does not come to fruition at all. Guys, I don't think you understand the importance of Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. They're their top 250 picks. And Forbes has, was benched. And Quan Martin hasn't had a single defensive snap in five weeks. I'm not, I, I hate the conversations of, in any sport, this guy should have been here. We should have taken this guy here. At certain positions in football, it's different. Quarterback, receiver, running back. A lot of it correlates on the offensive side of the ball. But on defense, it's a little different because there's a lot of one-on-ones. There's a lot of playmaking on the perimeter. Washington not taking Christian Gonzalez in April after the Patriots got him at 17, one pick behind them, could haunt Washington for a long time. Now, Christian Gonzalez is going to miss most likely the rest of the year after a torn labrum for the Patriots. But he won Defensive Rookie of the Year, excuse me, Defensive Rookie of the Month for September. He's been fantastic. I love the ball production from Manuel Forbes at Mississippi State, but we knew what he was going to have to improve upon on the perimeter at the NFL level. It's play strength, and it's not getting too excited with your eyes and coming downhill. Against Arizona and Denver, he got away with it a little bit. But the last two weeks, he's been completely unplayable. Unplayable. There's no plays where he's like, oh, well, decent play by Emmanuel. It is consistently him chasing guys with his jersey just on the all-22 to see number 13 chase people. I'm interested to see, again, the yards given up directly by number 13 in coverage tonight. Again, 197, just him alone, given up to A.J. Brown in week four. I didn't see any changes from Washington defensively this week from a coverage perspective. You look at the D.J. Moore touchdown late in that football game. Kendall Fuller, seven yards off and tries to come downhill. Too much space. And he's not the biggest guy. He's about 5'10". Doesn't have long arms. Got T-Rex arms on the outside. I think Kendall Fuller's done a nice job this year. But on that, he didn't. Wasn't a good play. You needed to stop there. Joey Sly. Dude. Make the field goal. But on that same, in that same drive. 
Antonio Gibson, third and 15. Catch the damn football. It's right to your hands. If you get four or five there, I'm sure it makes it a little bit easier on Joey Sly. I don't know where to go, guys. This is where we're at with the burgundy and gold. I feel bad from the three hours that we've wasted, two of the last three weeks, right? Wasted. Bills game, Eagles game, this game. Game I expected Washington to please play well and compete and win the football game. Not even close. Not even close. Um, just want to go through a couple of notes here um, that I had in this game. Uh, early in that game, the block, or if you want to call it that, by Nick Gates against Andrew Billings absolutely got work. Nick Gates, look, I understand trying to be Mr. Tough Guy in the late in games when guys are pushing people around. I like when offensive linemen do that. But he's been a complete road cone through the first five weeks as well. There's no there's no way for him to be tough. You can't be tough and have guys beat you with his, with your hands in a half second of the snap and bully, bully you over and bull rush you and, and embarrass you in the front five and then ask to act like Mr. Tough Guy. You can't be doing that. You, you can't be doing that, Nick Gates. I mean, you got to have some sort of ability within the front five to holster somebody and then be able to talk talk your ish at late in the games and, and pushing people around when some guys are pushing your quarterback or pushing your running back. Whatever, from, from Nick Gates. Um, false start from Byron Pringle early in that game. That was great. You're a receiver and you false start. How does that happen? You're looking at the football. And it, completely inexcusable. Um, I talked about the shot play to De'Ami Brown. Sam Howell got to hit him. Uh, no excuses there. Uh, the inside draw on third and seven to Khalil Her- Herbert. Wow. A draw, guys, inside uh, on third and seven. And they went to fourth and inches and then just got the first down on their own little version of a QB sneak. Just like we saw from the Philadelphia Eagles. They just brought it around to, the, to, to Washington and everybody wants to you know, do it. It's a copycat league. And the Bears did it. And they got that first down uh, multiple times uh, tonight. Uh, the Howell picked a Stroman, laid over the middle. Can't have it. Uh, outgained 307 yards to 84, guys, in the first half. 307, 84. We can get 84 yards at the house. Show up with 84 yards in the half. Embarrassing. Um, opening up the second half, good drive. Logan Thomas touchdown. Uh, the Chicago's playing prevent basically that whole entire drive. They were extremely soft. I talked about Logan Thomas um, getting bitched earlier in that in that half. Um, getting the ball stripped out of his hands was completely embarrassing. To be six foot eight, to be that big, and to be that soft um, at that moment. Um, he's taken some hard hits this year, and he's tried. He's getting some good effort tonight on some plays, including the dive on third down in that second half. Uh, I tip my cap to 82 on that play, but getting the ball stripped from you at six foot eight over the middle of the field on that drive is completely embarrassing. Um, the blitz from Stroman off the edge, uh, just a little hint for you guys, or a little look into Washington's protections. When Sam Howell, you can hear him on the mic, when he calls White White, that's sliding the protection to the right uh, from the offensive line's perspective. Uh, Greg Stroman came off his backside. If he wanted to slide it to the left, he would say black, black. He didn't say black, black. He said, again, white, white, which slides it to the right side. Um, so that leaves uh, Greg Stroman, excuse me, unblocked. That's that's Sam Howell. Um, that's his responsibility as the un, the unblocked rusher. He's got to take him on. He's got to make him miss or just get the ball out of his hands quick enough and maybe force a roughing the passer penalty. Again, he called white, white. That slid the protection to the right. Sam, uh, Greg Stroman came off of his left side off the left tackle 
as a free runner, that's on Sam Howell. That was a missed slide of the protection there in that scenario. Hopefully he improves on that um, moving forward. Talked about the Gibson drop, third and 15. Uh, Joey Sly miss. And then, of course, the DJ Moore over Kendall Fuller catch. Uh, perfect took up from fields to uh, DJ Moore just to really round it out. Um, I know some of you guys probably a little bit of hopes heading into that second half, as did I. I was trying to feel as positive as I could after a first half that was completely uh, irrelevant. It was and, and just flat-out embarrassing. They asked people to show up. FedEx Field looked good. Uh, I know there are Bears fans, in atten- Bears fans in attendance. Excuse me. Always visiting fans uh, at FedEx Field until Washington is able to consistently put a product on the field where they're improving and they're consistently able to win some football games. Show up in prime time, not asking them to win every football game, but compete. Losing 40-20 to 20 against an 0-4 football team that hasn't won a game in a year um, is not competing. Uh, flat out, flat out, flat out embarrassing. Um, wish I was at Ron Rivera's presser to ask him the questions that people aren't going to ask in the media. Well, at least the media that is assigned to the Washington Commanders. Uh, there have to be some tough, tough questions that have to be asked, guys. Bottom line. Um, this is, from a football perspective, staying away from the coaching staff. That people got to look in the mirror right now, specifically Jack Del Rio. There's, there's got to be some questions asked about what Washington is, what the hell they're doing on defense schematically with the talent that they do have in the building. There is talent. But this is not spreadsheet football. You have to line up and execute and change what you're doing against different offensive structures and different offensive skill sets. I haven't seen that at all. Really all season. Because very easily, a couple bounces here and there against Arizona and Denver, and this team is 0-5, guys. And it's really not that drastic because they're down 16-10 in the second half to Arizona and a 20-plus point comeback to Denver. Those were games that Washington had to come back on in the second half. Has to improve. It's early. That's a silver lining. But bottom line, guys, I wanted to get you my raw emotions right after this football game, literally seconds after this ended. Shut it off. I want to give you guys my emotions, my thoughts on this, my analysis. I'm fired up. I know you guys are. I know you're pissed. And it's just beyond frustrating to see the same product when there's new additions that are expected to come in and produce and they're just not developing. Deron Payne, John Allen, invisible tonight. John Allen sacks, slamming Justin Fields to the ground, good. He's a quarterback, you're, three, you're 70 pounds heavier than him, good. Finally, you showed up and you should be dominating a backup guard. You should have been dominating him all game long. Montez Sweat, a couple plays early in the first quarter, was irrelevant the rest of the game. Chase Young made some good plays. Again, set it at the top. I like what I saw from 99 tonight. The linebackers in Jamin Davis and Cody Barton, irrelevant. No Khalid Hudson still. No Quan Martin as a second round. Top 50 pick. Don't know what's going on there. Emmanuel Forbes, your first round pick, gets benched. And you allow DJ Moore to have three touchdowns. Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler, the miscommunications on the back end have not been solved week after week after week. Feels like yesterday we were seeing Marvin Mims run down the boundary for 60 yards. Then it was A.J. Brown. Then it was Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Now it's D.J. Moore. Next week is it going to be Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson and Drake London? And then is it going to be Isaiah Hodgins and Wondell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt? Oh, by the way, then we get the Eagles again. So very quickly, Washington has to try to get this thing back on the tracks. 
You have to. There's ups and downs of every season. But from what we've seen since Ron Rivera's been in town, this team does not get prepared to play in the first half of football games. From what we've seen early this year, the defense has not adjusted anything schematically from a personnel standpoint as to who's on who. Because Emmanuel Forbes, for majority of the evening, they were getting more on Forbes, and it was easy pickings. That can't happen as a first-round pick. I'm glad they benched him. Good for them. But it took too long. You can't just allow him to keep throwing him in the fire and expecting him to learn. At some point, you have to put your foot down and say, this ain't working, number 13. You got to improve or you're not playing. And they did bench him. Again, I like that. Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller are these, this team's top two corners, and they have been the team's top two corners. It's tough sledding for rookies in the NFL. A deep corner class, seeing Christian Gonzalez have a hell of a first few weeks for New England. Again, out for the year now for the Patriots. And I don't want to sit here and say, should have taken this guy over this guy. But from a corner's perspective, and a man corner, a guy that can shut down a third of the field, talk to you guys. Christian Gonzalez was my number one corner in this class. It wasn't close. He was number one corner for many analysts within the industry. But the instincts and the ball hawking skills, being a ball hawk in the perimeter, is what they wanted in Washington. One pick in five weeks. Should have had two. But overall, right now, he's slowly turning into Trayvon Diggs to where he's a complete turnstile. And the picks aren't there. So when the picks aren't there and the ball production's not there, what happens? He's unplayable. Now, you're going to hear other people talk about Trayvon Diggs as far as one of the best corners in football. That's, del- that's a delusional statement, bottom line. He makes plays in the football, but he cannot cover in man coverage consistently at the NFL level. That's what Manuel Forbes is right now for this football team without the ball production. He has to improve and quick. And it's going to be really, really unfortunate if we're heading into weeks five and six to where they can't play their first round pick and their second round pick doesn't have a single defensive snap. Oh, but it's good to see Quan Martin run down on the special teams. He looks good in uniform. It's always good to see number 20 show up in uniform. It's really nice to see. Because, by the way, Chris Rodriguez, running back, day three pick, he was inactive. KJ Henry, out of Clemson, day three pick, he was inactive. Ricky Stromberg, no snaps in the interior. Braden Daniels, fourth rounder, out for the year. Andre Jones, last pick of the draft from Louisiana Lafayette, special teams reps. Where is anybody contributing from this rookie class? Is it time to give Mitchell Tinsley some snaps in the perimeter at receiver? I don't know. I don't know. Do we need KJ Henry activated to get some push along the defensive line? Give Andre Jones more snaps? James Smith-Williams? Casey Tuhill? F.A. Obata? Backups in John Ridgeway? Abdullah Anderson? I mean, nobody tonight, guys. Didn't have it. It's embarrassing. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, 40-20 to 20 embarrassing loss for this Washington Commanders roster. Um, moving on to week six against the Atlanta Falcons on the road in Mercedes-Benz Stadium before, again, traveling on the road next week at MetLife uh, for Washington's second divisional game against the Giants. We're going to get into those previews next week. Um, I'll have a preview out for you guys of the Atlanta Falcons next Friday. So a little bit of a small bye week. Hopefully Washington can look themselves in the mirror legitly uh, and figure some stuff out because it's ugly right now. Um, I know these are professional football players. I know they do it for a living. Uh, but it's it it doesn't hurt that bad when you show up on this on this case Friday morning uh, out in Ashburn and you got you know your million dollar game check sitting there. 
when that type of money's coming in, it doesn't hurt that bad, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I know it hurt for some more than others that you can tell that care when you're seeing them play, specifically number 14 under center that's battling his ass off every single game, even though this offensive line continues to allow sack after sack after sack every single week. They cannot block anybody, which is a continued massive issue after some steps shown against the Eagles. It's just not there. You can see the people that want to play for this football team. The ones that don't, you see that too. Guys that aren't improving, guys that need to be benched, you can see that. Maybe some different guys need some other opportunities in certain scenarios. Offense and defense. Need to see some more creativity on the defensive side of the ball. And that's that's it. That's it. Sending forward, not working, Jack Del Rio. Not working. There's no secret about sending five and six. Or seven. Whoever you have to send to get pressure against a young quarterback, a turnover-worthy a turnover-prone quarterback, especially in the second half of football games. No picks tonight. No turnovers for this Bears offense. Unacceptable. It's flat-out unacceptable. For a professional football team, for allow to allow another team to come into your own stadium at 0-4, reeling for anything positive, battling injuries... And really, specifically for me, to where Washington wears their hat with Alan Payne, Young, and Sweat along that defensive front. For Cody Whitehair to slide from guard to center. For Larry Borum as the backup left tackle. For Jatir Carter to come in that game at guard. Tevin Jenkins to come in that game at guard. They were swapping bodies all game long. And they were blocking Washington's front four like they weren't even there. From Chicago's perspective, good for them. They showed up and they won the trenches and they won the football game. They won the football game on the road where it's not easy to win. So Washington's got a lot of looking in the mirror to do as we move forward uh, into week six. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, episode out for you guys next Friday, previewing the Atlanta Falcons. As always, you can find me on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. And my written work is housed at bleachreport.com. Talk to you next week. I'm Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.